What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Sander Ambros, the developer behind the upcoming title known as Sizable. And before I welcome them here to the podcast, I'd just like to give Sander a second to actually pronounce his name because I cannot do it because I'm just not good at it. So uh, how would I pronounce it if I wanted to be correct? Uh, the real pronunciation is Sander Ambros. <laughs> See, there is no way I could do that. But for those who have a dialect that is closer to your region, I'm sure they will understand it a little bit better than my butchering of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty fine. <laughs> it's, it's more. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's closer than most people get to to pronouncing my name. So, <laughs> well, I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get. Normally, I'm pretty damn bad at this. But thank you uh, for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. So I'm I'm excited that you agreed to come on today because I, I hadn't heard about this title actually. I just recently saw it in a video, the the trailer that came out. And I can't wait to get the full experience because it just it looks very unique and it's something that I definitely want to try out. But before we get into that, I always like to start this off with who the people are behind the game rather than start starting with the game itself. So I just want to hear a little bit about, you know yourself. So tell me a little bit of kind of how you got into the indie game space in the first place and uh, just how you ended up started to work on uh, Sizable. Uh, well, um, I always wanted to, to do something with games when I was like a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I always made like small board games and card games for, for um, like the, my classmates uh, when nice. I was a small child. Um, and then like an opportunity rose, um, like a new, um, like lecture or, or a uh, school um, that actually gave gave like game design as a, right, as a class. Right. Uh, so I immediately like told my parents that I wanted to go do go do a game design because I really wanted to to learn um, how to actually make games on like video games, not only uh, like dumb little board games, but actual actual video games and bigger <laughs> board games. Um, so that's when I actually started at uh, Luca Arts in Genk in Belgium. Mm -hmm. um, and I went there to school there for like four years. Uh, and that's where I um, met my um, co-workers from uh, Business Goose um, that I'm currently, that we currently have. So Business Goose is our, our own indie studio that we're actually like we have started on the 21st of January, I think. So it's oh, still wow. very new. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Sizable has always been like a, a solo project. Um, Sizable was actually my master's degree. Um, so yeah, like your dissertation kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, I, I like when when COVID became a thing, I uh, <laughs> threw it on itch because of course uh, I didn't have my classmates anymore to actually test the game because I. It wasn't physically there in school, so I right. threw it on itch so that everyone could guess and test it, and um, it actually went from there. Like, it got featured on itch, and and people started downloading it, and and the more people that started downloading it and give, downloading it and giving me feedback, um, like the more I, the more and more I enjoyed working on the game, just to see like the the reactions and and um, like how people like. Uh, it, it made people happy, and it was it was a very very like wholesome project. So it right. uh, became like kind of, of a of passion project, and that's when I decided I actually wanted to make Sizable my first commercial and real video game that it was like that I would actually put like on Steam and on Itch. And, mm -hmm. um, 
So the original plan was, was going to be December of 2021, uh, 2020, actually. Wow. Ooh, <laughs> uh, okay. But that didn't, that didn't happen. Um, it was a bit uh, because of like school and other stuff. Uh, I, I pushed it back like a little bit to, to make it like polish it up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's where Sizable actually went from. It's like a, a my master's degree, a long process of, of um, research and, and um, testings and prototypes of um, exploration and puzzle games I did in my master's and bachelor's. So. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And I, I want to uh, backtrack a little bit because you mentioned uh, the fact that you have this, uh, it was called Goose Business, I think is the, the name, uh, correct? Business Goose. Business, business Goose. Goose. Okay, excuse me, I haven't switched around. So <laughs> you have Business Goose because I thought it was interesting because I looked at the Steam page and your publishing company is Business Goose, but yep. you're marked as the solo de- uh, developer. And I just wanted some clarity around that. And that's because this was mostly your solo project, but they're coming on board later into the game. Is that kind of where the you know the difference between the publisher versus solo developer comes from? Um. No, Sizable is actually still a solo project. So, um, okay, okay. my friends, my two friends, and and me still own like we are um, Business Goose Studios. Mm-hmm. But um, we're actually, I I decided to um, after they asked me, of course, well, um, to bring Sizable into Business Goose to use Business Goose as a as a publisher. Gotcha. Um, so that we so that we actually like Business Goose gets a cut, I get a cut. My um, Amazing composer Jamal Green, give him a shout out as well. Uh, gets a small cut <laughs> as well, of course. Right, um, right. So that's Sizable would like hopefully help us um, to actually right. start the business, like start the indie game studio a bit better and, and easier. Um, so yeah, that's why yeah. I decided to to bring Sizable in and use Business Goose a bit as a, a publisher. So yeah, it's a it's a nice starting point yeah. for the company to to say, oh, we have this behind our belt. We publish this yeah. game, and then move into you know whatever those next projects are, right? Yeah, it's still. I mean, it's still kind of developed by Business Goose because I am part of Business Goose. <laughs> right, right, right. But um, technically, but it's a solo project. <laughs> yeah, it's technically still a solo project. So, uh, I, I, of course, the the other um, like when you want on good of helped me and i always said they would uh, they would want to if i asked for help um mm-hmm. but i always wanted to just like see and try if i could actually pull it off, uh, like pull it off to to develop like the whole project and the whole game on my own right um, i mean so that's yeah it's, I, a, it's a tall task right and it's at the end you feel yeah. quite accomplished because you're like wow this is this is the the product of something that i created entirely on my own and obviously there's you know certain pieces where people like the composers are helping out and you you have yeah. other elements but for the most part the majority of that piece is is your creation right yeah of course they they do like i i do um ask him for ideas or something maybe on inspiration list so there's there are some ideas from them of course into the game um yeah but mostly like the the art and the programming and stuff is all done by me so right yeah i think that makes sense so let me ask you this uh and we'll we'll actually jump to the game in a second but i just wanted to focus on this because i i really enjoy the the difference uh versus wanting to be a solo dev and wanting to work on a team right because there are pros and cons to each side so now that you're going into uh, Business Goose or creating Business Goose, is this going to be something where your next project, say, are you planning on retaining that solo dev mindset and saying, like, I'm going to be the main developer, but other people can help out and we're all going to work on our own games? Or is 
business is going to be more of those cohorts of yours creating a brand new project together well probably both actually um okay we we do have some projects like we're bringing in some some projects that that um you want on made on his own time and some projects that Bull made it on his own time and we also are currently uh like working on a a small board game that um Bo and me are designing um and we're working on like um small rpgs that uh you want on this design so it's all like a lot of projects we're bringing in yeah it's like a lot of going on and a lot of projects that we're actually bringing in Uh, but we're also of course planning on on when we have the time and when you have like uh when we're a little bit more settled in Mm. and everything is a little bit more stable than to to work on like maybe a bigger project altogether like start right um that's actually like from business goose uh like started from business goose everything so yeah makes sense have a have a couple of smaller successes so that you can then you know fund yourself and have the time to say all right let's focus on the bigger project that we want to do so probably like everything there there can be (laughs) smaller and and uh solo developed stuff um in business goose but also like bigger projects or or something where only two of us are working on or or uh, all three or something like that so right Right. I I love it. I think that that makes sense. I think it's a good plan. And I look forward to what comes next from Business Goose. But let's talk a little bit about the current um, topic of the show, which is your game coming out, which is sizable. Um, Before we dive into what this game is all about, I just want to get because you you said that this was part of a dissertation. This was then, you know, uh, you would put it on itch. You then decided, oh, let's work a little bit more and make it a commercial project about how long do you think this game took for you to actually finish um well sizable itself i've been working on it for like one and a half years right now (laughs) um but if you take it back further because uh, of course in my bachelor year i um, did some research and had some other prototypes um so if you take that into account then it's like two and a half years Um, okay but sizable itself is like one half year. So the research beforehand and everything that led up to um, making sizable was like another year. So makes sense. Okay. Well, that's not that's not too long of a project, though. But uh, let's you know, in comparison to some people who are like, I've been working on this for seven years, but still yeah. <laughs> a, a decent a decent chunk of time, right? Let's dive now into what this game is all about because there might be people who, like myself, just a few weeks ago, don't. Mm-hmm know anything about this game so how would you personally describe sizable and what do you think sets it apart uh sets it apart from others um well sizable is in its core a puzzle exploration game that's all about resizing stuff so uh resize the moon and uh lowers the, like shrinks uh, the water like um the tides that go in and out uh, mm-hmm. you shrink or grow the, the, the sun and it's changed the season um so everything about size insizable is like almost everything is um you can change your size of um a lot of inspiration i got from um stuff like monument valley and uh the grow games i don't know if you know grow like the mm. the old uh flash games where you had to like put in certain like items into the world like a road and then um the car would appear and then if you like 
put in a, a water tower, then uh, the water tower would connect to the road, and you would get like the car would upgrade to like a water powered uh, car or something. And the whole uh -huh. objective of the game was to actually like finish the world and get everything to max level, but it could only be done like a certain order. So, um, but the the thing that Sizable has, took as inspiration from it is actually like the little cubicle worlds uh, because yeah. everything in grow was like a little cubicle world or a little round world um that you actually like you started in the world and that um you worked your way through everything that that little diorama or world had to offer um so that was a big inspiration for sizable as well um and like yeah obviously like other puzzle games like the witness and uh uh all their inspirations like the binding of isaac was even an inspiration at one point oh that's my favorite uh, game so you're you're speaking my language <laughs> uh the, the main reason why the binding of isaac and stuff was because um sizable was like a, a research project at first so uh -huh. i did like research about exploration in video games because um ah. most things about sizable are around exploration um with puzzle elements and right. um one of the things that the Buying of Isaac has, which uh, ties into exploration as well, is the exploration of certain objects and their interactions between uh, like items you pick up and the interaction it has with other items you're currently equipped. Um, right. So that's where most of the things in Sizable also, like also do. Like if you change the sun, train the sun, then the whole world will change. So the world will interact or certain objects in the world will interact with you shrinking the sun. Um, yeah. So that's where that's like another big inspiration for uh, how sizable works. Wow. Um, well, first off, I just want to say for the record, I'm not the one who brought up Binding of Isaac. All right. So listeners, <laughs> relax. Um, but I have a feeling I, this, this happens quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get made a, I get made fun of for two different things. It's bringing up Binding of Isaac and it's bringing up card games. Like <laughs> my, my audience loves to uh, heckle me about it, but I did not bring it up, but I love the, the inclusion of it. And I think it does make sense. I think you can... Uh, bounce off that idea of the interaction or combination of various, yeah. uh, you know, in this case, puzzle pieces, so to speak, can equate to a totally different perspective or environment, right? I think that's yeah. so unique. Um, that's actually kind of one of the reasons why, you know, for me, my preference in games, I just kind of mentioned it, I don't always go for that more tranquil type. Um, but I think this one feels really unique because I, I love that fact of the levels they're, the levels are so, it's interesting you use the word exploration because they're so tiny, right? You have such yeah. a small <laughs> world that's so compact. But at the same time, because of that sizable part to it, uh, you're able to create these more complex worlds that you don't see at first hand, right? So like, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to come up with the idea of kind of making it that very, that very condensed world that would then open up into something completely new well um the the more i really love exploration games so i should say it like that um but the 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 thing that always bothered me about most exploration games was um like the the, the newer the game was this was like oh look at how big and beautiful our world is right um, and it was always like this this one setting like firewatch beautiful game very good game but it's always like this one setting you're in this forest and you explore this this specific forest right. uh other games like the elder scrolls is always like you explore this specific part of um 
like Tamriel or something, is always um, a specific part and a specific theme. And that's why I challenged myself to actually uh, do the complete opposite and give Sizable, every level in Sizable that you play, a completely different theme. So mm-hmm. every puzzle feels different. You still do the same the same thing. You still only shrink or grow objects and pick them up and use them somewhere else. Um, but you only the, like every puzzle in every level is completely different because of the theme it has. Um, and also then like the the small diorama worlds mm-hmm. um, make it a bit harder for me to actually like hide stuff in them and make puzzles and make it exploration like make it right. large enough to actually explore but it also makes it makes it fun because you don't expect to like uh or let the temple open or something in a jungle level suddenly the temple opens you have like three different new layers that you can actually explore or mm-hmm. uh, stuff like mm-hmm. that so so that's why i actually chose to to go with that direction because i i also just love uh, little diorama worlds. So <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, not a, that was not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. No, but I I love the idea because you're creating this almost very tough creative problem for yourself, right? As the designer, yeah. because it's so easy to say I have a game where you have to look for something or you have to find something, and you just make the object small and you make the location that you're looking through big and you're like, Oh, easy design, right? Or kind of lazy design. If you think about it, because you're literally just hiding it somewhere in a vast area that is more of a time sink than it is a challenge to find. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the thing. If, if, uh, like most of these games are always like big worlds and, and look at how big and huge our maps are, but I'll, I, I love to explore big worlds, uh, like big maps that they've actually created, if they're good, but it also can feel like kind of empty. Right, right. Because if they forget some, like if they forget to, to put the same amount of polish in one piece of the map that they did in the, like another piece of the map, that piece of the map feels kind of empty and, and like not finished. So that's why they like the, the, the armor worlds are like a that small polished piece of these bigger maps that actually are in these other games. So. Right. It all it almost kind of forces you to make sure that you have a nice polished map because every yeah. piece is so it, it's you know it's right in front of you. There's no yeah. scrolling through to find a new section of the world to to possibly miss something. You're lit- looking literally at the map the entire time. There's no other place for you to see it. Um, yeah. And I, I wanted to jump to interacting with the world because that's obviously the way that you, mm-hmm. you create more complexities in this. But what's that actual puzzle element? So I've, I've noticed a couple of recurring statues and spaces on each map. Is the objective in each one of these levels to find all of those statues and to be able to place them correctly? Yeah, that's the same objective. I wanted because everything, every level is so different. I wanted to have like one... Um, thing that actually stayed the same so resizing stuff and finding these like pillars with there's um there's corresponding icons on them on them mm-hmm. and placing them in the correct spot that's the only thing that actually stays consistent through the whole game gotcha. um, because every level is so different i didn't want to to actually the f- one of the first prototypes had um had to like complete certain tasks like um untitled goose game Right, yeah. Um, it had like three or four tasks that you needed to complete in that level. Um, 
in order to complete it. Um, but they were felt very separate from each other because none of these actually like coherent. You had one thing you had to do and then do the next one and then do the next one. There weren't right. one whole thing and most of the levels right now um, are like a puzzle box where so you unlock something or you find one piece that you can use for another thing uh, that opens more spaces up for like to complete one or two other things. So it's always it's a bit of a puzzle box theme I wanted to to create with these little DRMRs. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Are there any additional things that are hiding in the world? So I'm, I'm thinking of like a Where's Waldo book, right? You have the, the main objective of like, find Waldo and you're like, okay, cool, I found him. But then there's also like seven other more challenging items to find that are scattered throughout the world. And you're like, I don't know where this random pair of glasses is. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. If, if there's any of those like, those smaller minute things that are hidden throughout maps or, or kind of like that checklist that you were talking about, like maybe keeping some of those. Uh, there actually is oh, there uh, a full game, an actual like extra collectible, I would say. Um, I'm a huge fan of like turtles and tortoises. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a pet tortoise myself, so I actually put him into the game. Oh, that's um, so every level in the full game has like a hidden tortoise um, mm -hmm. in the theme of the level, so it's always hidden somewhere else. Um, and if you find them. Like Titan Ball, you you unlock actually like some extra content to to play into the game. So, mm. so it actually is tied to to some secret stuff, uh, which I won't really reveal yet. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. We got to so, keep some secrets, right? But I, I do yeah. I do enjoy the fact that you know there is that additional content if you want to keep keep uh, exploring that world. Yeah. So one of my favorite things about this game that I've seen is that it's not just about shrinking or growing things, right? You look at this title and you look at the concept and you say, okay, you're just making things bigger or smaller, right? And it seems kind of, kind of, you know, in certain ways, um, very just basic, um, but it's not that at all. Like you mentioned a few of them. You said things like, you know, shrinking the moon will, will cause different tides in, in the, the actual water, like the waves uh, mm -hmm. of that world, the changing of the sun and shrinking that will change the environments so that it'll, it'll go from like winter to spring and things like that. Like that part is so cool because it, it is in that, that factor that you mentioned of you have this such, such a small space, but you're creating so many different variations of that same small space. So what are some of the other unique mechanics or, or things that, that, kind of get you away from that uh, that idea of it just being growing and shrinking right what are some of those other unique mechanics that players might see mm, i think like one of my favorite levels uh like design wise how it looks um where i had the most fun actually making the diorama is um like the deep sea level mm -hmm. um and it uses the moon again for like one one thing like one small thing um but growing the moon actually gives like enough room for the submarine to dive under which then actually like traverse you to a whole other section of that oh. same level um but then underwater so it's actually like deep like deep sea so you see some like um whales and and uh, uh reefs and and shells and stuff and uh floating like in the in the space um I think if I have a look at my level screenshots, maybe I can actually think about something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
of my yeah. other one, of, one of my favorites was the um the the puzzle mechanic that you had where you had a, a few pirate ship like the cannons were bouncing off of the different yeah. sails like things like that are are very uh a step more in that intricate design of saying like hey it's not just shrinking stuff you're also you have these puzzles where you're trying to open locations with these random ships and and making them shoot in a certain way and like coordinate where those sails are set up so you're actually there's there's more to it right it's not just like click here and then oh i found something because now it's bigger yeah there's uh, also this this one of the last puzzles i think one of the last levels has a, a small penguin on mm-hmm. ice um and shrinking some ice cube actually pushes them forward so when they're small it can't push them but if you like grow them it pushes them forward so you actually have to um maneuver him through with the these uh like growing shrinking ice cubes to um <laughs> to certain goals so that's also something and i think cool. um stuff like weight uh, i use weight uh, quite often in in uh, sizable so when mm-hmm. something is bigger it weighs more when something is smaller it weighs less right. um so like pushing buttons or uh, other things things that you actually need to make it heavier so it actually pushes uh, something further away or uh, that's always I, I use as well so yeah um and then so looking at this experience it's probably one that you want to relax it's it's one that you really want to soak up that yeah. world right you have that calm music you have that that you know very pretty polished design for these smaller maps um it's probably one you want to spend as much time as you can in so with that being said about how many levels are available in this game and about how long on average does it take for a player to say complete one of these levels well sizable isn't very very big game um it has 21 levels and i think four secret ones um so um around 25 um Mm -hmm. right now at least right now um so it's kind of hard to actually like put a number on how long people will do or will, will play the game for right um because i have some people um if i like youtube has some um videos about sizable on there which is very very good for feedback to actually mm-hmm. watch those and i've seen some videos that took 12 minutes to, to complete the, the whole demo like the four levels but i've also wow. seen videos that take 25 minutes to actually right everyone everyone levels. plays puzzles differently yeah so it, it depends i think on average, I would say one and a half hours to do the main levels, and then maybe do like another twenty minutes for the um, the secret levels. Okay. Um, maybe longer. I don't know. More. Most people. It's it's very very hard for me to actually balance everything because I I wanted Sizable to be playable for almost everybody. Right. So there isn't actually a fail state in Sizable. You can't fail a level or uh, like have to start over or something the only thing that that could possibly let you start over is if i missed a bug and level bugs out or something uh so hopefully don't it doesn't <laughs> uh so there isn't actually a fail state in sizable so everything is meant to be like relaxing and uh put you into that like experimentation and exploration state right um so you can go at your own pace and doesn't and doesn't feel like you have to try over and over and over again because you keep failing at a certain level or keep failing at a certain puzzle. So that's why it sometimes is a little bit easier for people that actually play a lot of puzzle games. 
-hmm. but it can be harder for people that um, don't actually play a lot play a lot of puzzle games but i i try to find that middle ground of giving some more challenging levels at the end but keeping everything pretty clear and pretty easy to understand so you can find some things by accident to give um, people that actually don't find anything for like a couple of minutes right. um, like a bit of an encouragement that they actually found something because they may find it by accident um, mm. so it, it was a pretty hard game to actually balance and find right. the, like the correct spot so makes sense I, yeah it, it seems like a, a tough challenge because everyone has their own level of comfortability with puzzles right there are some people yeah. who they just they get it like that and then others who need that extra time yeah uh because it was a like a relaxing it was meant to be a relaxing experience and a relaxing exploration game um i really lo love wholesome games like um i i follow the the twitter account wholesome games as well um <laughs> they're actually some of my favorite um types of games not like uh, I really do love uh, stuff like Terraria and Binding of Isaac and stuff like, uh, as well. But like some of my favorite games are like relaxing or uh, wholesome exploration games or or yeah. other games. So that's why I try to make sizable one mm -hmm. of these wholesome and relaxing games. And that's why I try to make it possible for people, like as many people as possible, to actually experience this because. That's what all wholesome games are actually about to have as many people feel that like have a relaxing output uh, after a long day of work or something yeah so. i feel like a lot of people need that in uh, the current times we have going yeah. on um, <laughs> so i'm i'm sure a lot of people will will enjoy that and i also think it just it speaks to the fact that a lot of developers really what they're creating is games that they would want to play right that's yeah you have your interests you have your your creativity kind of stationed in those things that you enjoy that's what you're going to take inspiration from and there's going to be like-minded people out there who want that wholesome game and for those that are listening like this is probably the game for you right and that that's that's an amazing thing because it, it just means that you're creating something that you would want and you would enjoy and there's probably a bunch of other people who are in that same mindset yeah I hope so, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, you did have some of that uh, that success with Itch, so hopefully that keeps continuing on through the actual Steam, you know, official 1.0 release. But let's talk a little bit about that release now, because a little less than a month ago, so you, you mentioned even before uh, at the start of this show that we kind of, you had pushed back the date for um, the initial release. But a little less than a month ago, you announced some big news, and that's, um, it's it's pretty surprising because uh, a lot of people don't en end up doing this in the game space, but you're actually releasing the game a week earlier than that pushed out date. So I, I just wanted to talk about that. What what went well and why did you end up deciding to release it earlier? Um, well, one like there are a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is because I couldn't wait another week <laughs> to actually <laughs> release the game. Um, because it's been it's been like my first project that I've actually worked one and a half years on, so I wanted to get it to in, in people's hands. Uh, right. And the other reason is because um, back in January I had like I think eight or nine levels more to finish, um, so it still was quite a lot of work. Because that's almost half of the levels that I still had to finish, um, and 
for some reason everything went so well and uh like levels got finished and and everything went really smooth and uh all of a sudden i actually had the game finished i think uh like at the start of february or something maybe okay. a little later so the game was finished everything was there the content was there um so i just had to do some some like bug fixes and maybe some more polish right. so i felt like if i really can't wait that long uh long anymore for actually to actually release the game why don't i just try to push it like one week earlier and give myself like a little bit of a a push to to really polish and fix everything all, all these bugs before the release because it's right. a little bit closer so it gives me like a little bit of a boost to actually uh, get the game get the game out there <laughs> yeah i guess you. you're you're kind of putting a, a a stricter deadline on yourself to really motivate yeah. yourself so to speak and i i also like it because there is the idea of you will look at the game and you'll see it in a different lens than someone who has uh, a new perspective, someone who has never seen the game before, right? So adding yeah. that extra week, honestly, you might have spent time polishing or fixing things in that extra week that wouldn't have even mattered when people get it in their hands and they see certain things that you might not have, right? So it's it's yeah. in in a way because we have this this nice reality of being able to hot fix games and and put in patches, right? it almost becomes that um, beneficial thing to do just because you might get things that you can quickly fix even in that week based on the initial people who, who buy it and, and play it and give you that feedback. And it might be better than anything you could have done on your own. Yeah. I, I really hope that there aren't too many bugs. Right, right. Like no. bugs, of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if people find any, um in that first week uh i can immediately because i i initially planned to release this when the 26th i think mm -hmm. um and to so i i actually can use that whole other week that i would normally have used to just polish some more things or maybe find some more bugs to actually fix the bugs that people find right um, so that's that's i hope better for them as well because then stuff will get fixed like a lot quicker because one playtester can find like one bug but maybe 20 30 playtesters can find 20 30 bugs but uh I of course don't want to to <laughs> use like a thousand playtesters because then everybody just play has played the game and nobody will actually buy the game <laughs> yeah 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 so, very true very true so that's why why um like keeping close at first at, at least that first week after that afterwards of course as well uh, but especially that first week of launch uh, keep like very close eye on everything that actually everyone has to say and if there are any bug fi um, bug fix has to be done or maybe choose suggestions for even like new stuff i can add in in a, in a month right. or something so. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I wanted to talk about that next is, you know, you're so close to getting the game out, which obviously a big congratulations. Uh, Thank you. You spent <laughs> a good amount of time on it. You deserve it. But, you know, what's next? What What's in your mind that next project that you're going to jump to? Are you going to continue, you know, working on Sizable, maybe creating newer levels later on, maybe a Sizable 2, maybe something completely different? You know, what's what's in the works for you? Um, well, I'm, 
we are have, like we are on some projects with Business Goose. Uh, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, mm-hmm. we're working a, a small um, board game right now. Um, but as for Sizable, I definitely want to keep working on it because it's, it's um, like most people say, like, oh, when you work so long on one game, um, you can get kind of bored of it and just want to complete it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the more I've been working on Sizable, the more and more I enjoy it to actually like come up with new ideas or uh, try to figure out new puzzles or make new themes. Right. Um, so Sizable will definitely get some updates. I can't say how much, of course, or how many. Right, uh, I should right. say because um, yeah, budget is of course something I, I have to think about after mm-hmm. this because Sizable is was made as a master degree, so most of Sizable has done has been pretty okay for me to actually manage with uh, budget wise. Right. Um, but of course, now that the, the actual studio is behind it, um, there's so I hope to do some updates. There's one update uh, planned already. Uh, the theme Very for cool. the update, I should say, um, which you can actually see what the update, like the theme and the logo of the update, is in the full game when you finish it. So then you can see oh. in the credits, you get a little spoiler of what the update will be. Very um, cool. So there will be updates, um, but I don't just know how many or how much, or uh, it all depends on on uh, if people actually enjoy the full game and. Um, if it does well enough, it's like how many updates you can actually support, of course. So, <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, that's that's great. I'm I'm glad to hear that there are some plans, uh, even if it's only a few in the works. Um, but let's talk about the game officially releasing. It will be March 19th now. At this point, um, this game, I believe, the, from what I'm seeing, it's only going to be available on PC at this point. Um, is that correct, or am I incorrect in that? Uh, no, that's correct. I am trying to maybe uh, put out a, a Mac build on launch as well. Um, okay. But Mac is being a little bit of uh, a difficult, difficult platform right now <laughs> uh, for some reason. For some reason. So that's why I still haven't actually put out a, a Mac demo or, or a Linux demo. Gotcha. Um, but there are plans to actually release Sizable on mobile and Switch as well after... Uh, the launch goes well, I hope. So, because All right, well, a lot of people have crossed. been asking to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this definitely this definitely feels like a game that would would work on Switch or mobile. Um, mobile might be hard just because of the the smaller, um, you know, um, mm-hmm. space to it. But I'm I'm sure there's a, a way you could do it, and I'm sure yeah. it's you know some kind of zoom in zoom out feature. But still, I I could definitely see this, especially because of that relaxing kind of nature of more of a, a smaller device that you could just kind of sit down on the couch and you know pull up in front of you maybe just a tablet or something like it, it definitely feels like it would work on those devices so i'm glad those those are in in kind of motion but i figured that would be more one of those depending on reception kind of thing right yeah of course there, there are i've tried some th- some stuff and i've there are some prototypes not on switch mobile yet because switch is um a little bit more like a little bit more difficult actually to get, get that to, yeah so that's why switch hasn't been tested yet but mobile has and it actually does run on mobile and stuff um it's just like you said figuring out how to actually do the controls and um maybe have like a zoom, zoom in or zoom out function because stuff can get pretty small so i probably have to change right. like a lot of sizes of stuff 
just to to make it playable on mobile so people don't actually lose uh, like their small pumpkin when they're trying to move because it's so small on screen on the screen. Right. So. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, so let's wrap this up. Uh, before we do, though, obviously a big thank you for coming on. But I always like to hear advice from those that are in the indie space, especially for you because you're you're you know relatively new in the space. I'm sure you've learned a couple things along the way that maybe haven't been uh, the best way to do things or maybe have been the, the the way that you feel has really worked for you, so to speak. Um, but for those listening who might be interested in starting their own project or just getting into the game space in general, what are some tips that you would give them that you've learned so far? Well, there are two big things. One is scope. Um, that most people and, and me as well uh, when I first started making games uh, in school is that you actually want like make the next big like Diablo or something you want I always wanted to make a Diablo like game like right. an action RPG and uh, after a while you learn that bigger games aren't always better smaller ones are like or like a, a good core mechanic and building onto that is, is sometimes a lot better than immediately starting to build like this big and massive RPG or a big and massive shooter game where you have like 20 features and, and uh, 100 different guns or something. So that's why Sizable is also a pretty small project because it has to be done just by me. Uh, so that's why, why Sizable is a little bit of a smaller project and everything is smaller in Sizable. Right. <laughs> because it's a lot easier for me. Um, so scope is a big thing. And the other thing is when you're stuck on something, on a, on, a, on a concept or on a prototype, and you just can't figure out like how to proceed with it, uh, to just let it go and just throw it away, try something new completely. Because um, I've, I've done like five or six prototypes before I actually landed on the prototype that is that was to become sizable. Before the sizable has to um, would have been a very different game if I actually didn't throw throw away uh, the other prototypes. Mm -hmm. um, so even though you actually get very attached to a prototype, sometimes just letting it go and, and keeping in mind that it actually exists, just don't actually throw it away. Just keep it in a folder somewhere else. Um, but uh, yeah, just moving on to a new prototype when you're stuck on something or don't feel like it's going somewhere is, is a big thing as well that actually because you can learn from what didn't work in the previous prototype try to do something new and use that knowledge you had uh, you earned from the previous prototype in the new prototype right so yeah a failed project is never quote unquote really a failure as long as yeah. you're learning something from it yeah exactly well, I think those are great tips. I hope that uh, people have enjoyed this conversation and those tips. But for those listening, Sizable is coming onto PC March 19th. So by the time you're listening to this, it should already be out. Um, be sure to head over to the Steam page. You could always wishlist it. You could pick it up. Once again, Santa, thank you so much for joining today. No problem. It was a pleasure. <laughs>